it's on me. I just figured we'd go ahead and do it now. It's better. I, I made it to work, baby. I meant to call you and tell you that I, I made it to work. Everything's fine. Okay, I love you. Okay, I, 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 I the show started. I got to go. I told my wife I'd call her when I got to work, and I forgot. And the thing is, like, don't you have to tell someone they're live on air? What's that? Don't you have to tell someone they're live on air like that? Uh, if we put them, if we oh, patch oh, them we, through, okay. yes, all right, all right. yes, all right, we have to tell them. And actually, uh, we have different rules because we're the internet. Oh, okay, so we can still it, we can still kind of do. Yeah, it's still kind of wild, wild west a little bit over here. Um, so, oh no, actually, if we're recording them and we are recording this, we have to tell them that. So, yes, I would have had to. That's the Maryland law is two party recording. Like both parties have to be aware that you're recording in order to record the call. Okay. Um, anyway, the moral of the story is I shouldn't have done that, but I was thinking about what happens with Mrs. Clark if I don't. If I don't call her in about five minutes, I start getting the, oh my God, are you okay? Like the pure panic. Right. Mrs. Clark is in the group of people that absolutely should not be on the road today. Like, no, when the people that I was talking about the other day... Mrs. Clark, firmly in that group of people, should not be on the road. She's a panicker. She is. She does not handle these things well. So it's best for Mrs. Clark that she stays home. And because she's like that, she kind of assumes that everybody's like that. Like the amount of panic that I got from my wife this morning, like, what? why are you going? What? 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 Baby, it's going to be okay. Some of us understand to drive 30 miles an hour. Not everybody, because as I told Griffin, <laughs> I watched someone. I was going southbound on Jarrettsville Pike. This person was coming northbound. And from a ways away, I said, that guy's going too fast. Ah, this is, this is bad. And literally right after I passed him, thank God, I watched him spin out on Jarrettsville Pike. Is he okay? Yes. Oh, he. You know, he he righted it. Like oh, okay. you know, he all got. Right, right, right. I, I I saw in my rearview mirror, okay. mirror, right, and he right. kept going. No, 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 no. I'm not. Like I would have pulled over. And, um, guys, look. If you don't have to be out today, I get it. Don't be out. It's fine, right? But like, you know, it's not just us. It's not just media. Like there are people. Stores don't all close. So if you work in retail, you might have to go to work today. Just drive slowly. Give yourself extra time. I left at 9 o'clock. I live in northern Baltimore County. I parked at 9.52. Just give yourself extra time. And drive slowly. That's it. That's my PSA for the day. That's what I got for you. Drive slowly. Be safe. If you can do everything from home, do everything from home. We wanted to get you ready for Ravens. I, I don't know if you heard, there's a playoff game tomorrow. I hear it's significant. I hear it's I hear it's um, something that people care about. So we wanted to be here to help you get ready for Ravens, Texans tomorrow. And we are. In fact, I might even buy Griffin lunch for coming in. Really? Well, I mean, I don't know what's open, but we'll yeah, figure yeah. that out. <laughs> I don't. Royal Farms, yeah. I, I'll, I'll happily buy you Royal Farms. <laughs> you want some Royal Farms? We'll do that. Um Happy to be here. Happy to be here. A lot to do on the program, in fact. Uh, Stan's going to join us in a minute. 
Stan, um, uh, you know, Stan's at a different place in his life, and I certainly understood that Stan uh, wasn't going to uh, fight with this today. Uh, Chuck Pagano is going to join us, of course, our friend, former Ravens defensive coordinator, NFL head coach, 33rd team analyst. Always love catching up with Coach Pagano. He'll preview the game. Everybody's previewing the game today, right? Lisa Salters is going to join us, who once upon a time worked here in Baltimore at WBAL. Now she'll be on the sidelines for ESPN and ABC tomorrow for the playoff game. Ryan Leaf, former NFL quarterback, he is going to be working the broadcast for Westwood One, and he will check in with us a bit later, as will our friend Sean Salisbury. A lot of friends today. I do like that. Sean Salisbury, of course. Mr. Sean Unfiltered himself, radio host in Houston, former NFL quarterback, and just, like, the best at this. So it's a real competition between uh, Coach Pagano and Sean Salisbury, like two literally of my all-time favorite consistent guests so let them know when they get on and i'm just going to tell them both at the number one they're number one like, you're number one coach you're number one sean <laughs> they don't know they're not going to ever find out that they're not number one they can always just believe that in their hearts which means a lot too so that's coming up on the program today today's show is brought to you by your local toyota dealer and by a toyota.com the toyota tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. You're going to let me know when... Oh, uh, ready. Oh, we're ready. Excellent. Joining us now, he is, of course, um, our friend and the chief grand poobah here at Pressbox. He is Mr. Stan the Fan Charles. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm number one, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You, unfortunately, you kind of know about this. <laughs> I, you're a solid... You know what? I would say you're the bro... You're I the thought Sal Pal is number one. Oh, Sal's on the list too. Son of a... You but, got a lot of number ones. If we had to do like a top ten one day, I yeah. have to think about it. I, Coach Pagano's so good. He's so good. And the thing about Coach Pagano too is he always asks to come on more. Like, although <laughs> Sal Pal does too. Yeah, Sal, Sal Pal will reach out to Sal. This is a this is a funny bit, Stan. Sal will text like Griffin, Kyle Ottenheimer. And Paul Valley, every time he's coming to Baltimore, to ask to make sure that he can come on the show that week. <laughs> Sal's he the best. He must not have my. He must not have my email. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to. We'll try to get him in touch with you, buddy. We'll try to make that happen. Um, how you doing, pal? How you feeling? I'm feeling uh, pretty good. I'm glad that I had the uh, latitude uh, not to deal with the uh, roads today. You know, it's funny when when you hear that it's going to start overnight. And you got to get up like around eight o'clock. You're sort of hopeful that, well, it's just starting now. I kind of got up at about, you know, seven forty-five or something. And I peeked out and I said, "This ain't happening." You know, I, I, it I just was. I, I completely understand. I totally get yeah. it, and we appreciate you uh, hopping on with us for a couple minutes anyway. I the thing I always say: if you're going out today, just be safe. Just drive slowly. Give yourself yeah. the extra time. Do not attempt to drive like you would drive on a normal day. And, yeah, to the point, I know you. this will echo that. If you don't have to drive in, if you're staying the fan, Charles, don't. I get it. I, I, yeah. I Really, I do. I understand. Don't do it. Because even if you can be safe, I understand the, the notion of uh, keeping, some, keeping another car off the road for other people that have you, to be out there. You know, when I, when I was a much younger man, uh, the advice I always gave to people was to don't slam on your brakes. Oh pump your brakes correct but now i guess with brakes the way they are today they do the pumping for you 
That's true. You don't really have to. That is a good point. Hump them, you know. So, so are you going to the was, game tomorrow? No, I'm not going to the game okay. tomorrow. Would you go next my week? Brother has my brother has asked me to go, and I'm I'm just uh, I'm not feeling totally myself yet. Okay, you know, this is still for those that don't know. Stan COVID. just had a bout with COVID, so that makes sense. Would you Would you go yeah. next week if there's a game? Potentially. This is this is a. I also saw the temperatures are supposed to be climbing a little. Yeah, bit next week next it's supposed to warm up. I do think there's some rain in the forecast next weekend, but I don't know about you yeah. know we're still over a week away, but definitely next week it's supposed to warm up a bit. Um, Let's just keep our fingers crossed that we're in that game a week from Sunday. It's a, I, I can't get over how I've had a, a few people tell me this this week, Stan, that like as much as they want the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. The biggest thing is just getting this monkey off the back of having never hosted an AFC championship game, which is really yeah. one of the like great anomalies in all of football, that a franchise that has been this successful and has played in this many playoffs and won a couple of Super Bowls, it is almost bizarre how it's worked out that they've yeah. simply never hosted a title game. It, it really is. It's quite, it's quite remarkable, you know, and speaks to the fact that one of the great things about Joe Flacco was he was a great road warrior. Uh, he was not in awe of the moment in places like New England and Pittsburgh. You know, uh, he might be in awe of a, of a moment in every big game that he played in, but he was he was cap- quite capable of going anywhere on the football map and winning a football game. You know, and I think we. We first saw that in that incredible comeback in Denver, uh, which was just, uh, you know, the, the throw to Kobe yeah. Jones uh, was just un- unbelievable. I, I think it also speaks to the difficulty, and I don't want to take anything away from the Chiefs of late or the Patriots of the previous era. Right. But part of their story was the division was easier. And, and like, I'm not... It doesn't mean they weren't deserving champions. They're extraordinarily deserving champions. But they didn't have to contend with the Pittsburgh Steelers in their own division the entire time. The Patriots essentially were getting the better part of five to six free wins every year and almost a certainty of hosting playoff games because of it. The Chiefs have had largely the same benefit. Like the Chargers have been kind of okay but just kind of okay in the last few years. Like these teams, it's so much more difficult to get a number one seed. It's so much more difficult to win this number of games when you have at least one truly high level of competition team in your own division, the way the Ravens have had over the course of the last 20 years. Yeah, no question about it. You know, uh, I think back to our history, I, I think the most remarkable playoff game was the, the, the game where it started in New England and Joe handed the ball to, to oh, Ray, Ray Rice. Rice 80, and, 87 and, yards and, or whatever, yeah. And it was it was over before it began. Correct. Um, you know, I, I think this is this is a, a great path that the Ravens have to make it past these uh, skeletons that are in the in the, in the Lamar Jackson uh, closet uh, and they're not deep-rooted skeletons, but they are doubts that you have about his ability to do it at moments like that. But this is set up this year that there really are no excuses. Uh, While it would be devastating not to make it to the Super Bowl or to lose the Super Bowl, 
I think just getting getting past that championship game here in Baltimore would be a, a big moment for him and for the club. Stan the Fan Charles is with us. Reminder that you can use the code STANCHARLES23 or Clark 23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app, and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Again, use the code STANCHARLES23 or Clark 23 at Superbook. Stan, it's, it's a very fair point. I just used the term anomaly a second ago. I, I'm in a weird place in talking about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs because a lot of that to me is also an anomaly right like the first year we're really talking about one truly disappointing truly heartbreaking truly unacceptable loss the judging him by what happened correct Tennessee that's the one right the the year after that they won a playoff game and then they lost a really difficult game on the road in the middle of insane wins when it was hard to do anything for either team and J.K. Dobbins whiffs on a block that leads to a terrible interception, right? Like that, I, yeah. it's hard for me to judge the Buffalo game. It's hard for me to judge the judge the Chargers game. What were the, the the reputation that Lamar carries in the playoffs is built on one game, and so in a way, to me, it's an anomaly, right? Like it's one game. Anybody can lose one game, but yep. he still has to carry it. And, and he knows that, right? Like, and he doesn't hide from it. He's quite aware of it. I have such extraordinary faith in the way that he is playing and the way that he is seeing the game and how slow the game appears to be for him. Like, I, we have just not seen something like this. He looks like an artist right now. He looks like a symphony conductor um, running this offense that I, I just don't worry about that being a thing so much going into these playoffs. Now, it, it, it feels like the relationship that he's developed in very short order with uh, Todd Munkin has been, uh, you know, a game changer for him, quite literally. Uh, you always felt that uh, Greg Roman, while he had enormous respect and admiration for what he had, it was like he had a, a Porsche and they didn't have the other pieces to go with it. It wasn't souped up enough to really play at the speed that they should play at. Uh, and it always felt like he would send Lamar out there with one hand tied behind his back to a certain extent. Um, this, this iteration of Lamar first of all, has been greatly aided by the acquisition of Odell Beckham. No question. And uh, Zay Flowers and, um, you know, just the offensive line, the way it's played. I think having a really solid center, not taking anything away from former centers, Mm -hmm. but I think uh, Linderbaum has really been uh, a big, big uh, help on this offense. I think there's no question. And depth. It's funny, Stan, because I was I brought on Josh Bynes the other day in part because I just wanted to talk to him about what went wrong in 2019, right? And like, yeah. how, how did they avoid that this time? And I threw out the question, and it, and it was sort of esoteric. It was, hey, is there a special sauce? Josh Bynes won a national championship at Auburn, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. And I said, is there a special sauce? Is there something that you notice about how a team comes together that makes you say that's how you become a champion or is it really just you won the games right like is it nothing more than you you might even get along you could just show up and win those football games you become a champion 
And the answer that he gave me was fascinating because he said, if there's a special sauce, it's depth. Like, it's the fact that the teams that win the championships are the teams a great point. that have a enough great pieces. Point. And you look at how much of the story that's been for this team this season. That when they've dealt with, it's, it's not like they haven't had injuries. They lost two of their running backs. And yet, yep. are any of us all that nervous about the running back position going into the playoffs? They, nope. They In lo- fact, I'm excited to see what they might get out of Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I mean, I'm... I'm not ruling that out that they're going to get something out of him. Add to the equation, they lose Mark Andrews, and Isaiah Likely's been a superstar. Like, has been yep. unbelievable. The depth, thing, the secondary is where it's been as obvious as anything. Like, I almost get goosebumps talking about how, how panicked we were looking at this secondary to begin the season. And Brandon Stevens has been a star, and Geno Stone has been a star, and Arthur Mallett has been a real football player I, if depth is the secret sauce if Josh Bynes is right about that thought process then you have to feel very good about where the Ravens are going into the postseason yeah uh, and they're playing a team that as I understand it the Texans are a bit banged up aren't they Glenn yeah wide receiver Especially on defense yeah yeah they're well okay so on defense too but I was gonna say they lost Noah Brown on top of already having losing Tank Dell right at the receiver position now they still have you know Nico Collins who's been outstanding and Robert Woods but that's about like where the Ravens are presenting four legitimate NFL wide receivers the Texans are not able to go that deep at the wide receiver position going into Saturday's game um yeah they've been banged up defensively as well I, you know I and you know who's been you know who's been a great piece too has been Patrick McCurry uh, you know, on the offensive line, uh, it's been it's been great to see the way that they've handled Ronnie Stanley and haven't put the weight of the world on a Ronnie Stanley who isn't the player he was when he signed that contract. You know, the injuries have taken something out of him, and I think it's been terrific coaching by John Harbaugh not to press, you know, press that button every single play and give him blows. And I think we're getting more out of less uh, Ronnie Stanley. A hundred percent agreed. And, you know, the Patrick McCary story will be one that, you know, if they win the Super Bowl, we'll talk about for a long time around here. We will talk about how the Ravens smartly decided to pay this guy this amount of money despite the fact that they didn't have a position for him. And in in, in hindsight, it looks like, again, one of the most savvy moves. I, I am a, I'm a pro football, I am, I'm still a member of the Pro Football Writers Association despite the fact that I'm, not really a pro football writer anymore. Um, I, it's more that I just want to support the existence of the group, right? So I continue to pay my dues yeah. every year. And they sent out um, the, the the votes for the, the Pro Football Writers Awards this past week. And mm-hmm. I, a lot of years I don't even involve myself because I – my God, I don't know who an all-NFC guard should be. Like, really? They want me to vote for the all-rookie <laughs> team and vote for a rookie punter? I'm like, I can't, I can't name three punters in the entire <laughs> league. I'm going to name who should be the all-rookie punter. But I went on there, and I decided to uh, to throw in a, a couple of votes this year because I, I, like, I know this is going to sound – I'm really bothered by how little recognition Kevin Zeitler has gotten for the season that he's had. Mm-hmm. It, it bothers me. The guy didn't allow a single sack, a single hit. He didn't allow a single quarterback hit all season, and no Pro Bowl, no All-Pro, nothing. Like right. another right. year this deep into his career 
where he doesn't get recognized. So I actually went on last night because I got an email that it was the final day of balloting for the Pro Football Writers Association. Uh-huh. And it was almost like my protest is I went on there and all I did was vote for Kevin Zeitler. For every position. Is he the MVP of the league? I didn't play? make him the I did vote. I did put it. I did put in a Lamar Jackson MVP vote. I did do Good for that. you. I did put Good that in you. as well. But I just I I don't think we talk enough about Kevin Zeitler. I don't think and he's had a re, he's had a remarkable season. He's been excellent. And look, look, we 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 fell in love for years with uh Eric DaCosta in this town. And then suddenly because they couldn't win a couple playoff games. It was, well, he really, you know, uh, they, they probably overestimated him in replacing Ozzy. I mean, you got to really give him credit uh, how he ended up getting the Lamar Jackson thing done yep. despite so many seeming obstacles uh, and and really set this thing in motion uh, to, to really have a, a great comeback season by Lamar and the club. Um, I, I would I would say he had a miraculous offseason, all things like I, absolutely when you, incredible. When you go yeah. back and we did this exercise a couple weeks ago, Stan, when you go back and actually look at the number of moves that we thought nothing of, it, it, not nothing. Mm-hmm. Some of them we thought like we I think we all thought the Odell Beckham thing was interesting. Um, right. I don't think that we I, Odell Beckham hits. Uh, Cal Van Noy hits, Jadeveon Clowney hits, Arthur Mallette hits. Rocka, Rocka Sin. Yeah, no. that would be the one of the lower ones. But Ronald Darby certainly hit, right? Like Ronald Darby has been wildly helpful. Yasin, you know, has barely played. I, I, you know, Zay Flowers obviously has been a hit. Like you go back and look at this offseason, and it's almost impossible how well the offseason ends up looking in hindsight, given where we were, what our conversations were like back last April. Like, last April, yeah. it was pandemonium. And now, as we view it in January, it was one of the greatest off-seasons in Baltimore Ravens history, if not yeah. the greatest off-season in Baltimore Ravens history. He, he uh, Eric DaCosta pulled, like, an inside straight. You know, he yeah. needed about six or eight things to go right, and they uh, every, it seems like every single one of them did. It's remarkable. I mean, it's really, really remarkable. Um, all right, so uh, the 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 Hall of Fame uh, announcement is Tuesday. Before I let you go, what what's yeah. your? I, I, do you follow the tracker the way that I do? The the, uh, the MLB Hall of Fame. Yeah, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously Adrian Beltre is gonna <clears throat> is gonna be as close to a slam dunk yep. as possible. He's gonna be like ninety eight percent. After that, <clears throat> it looked like. It looked like Joe Maurer and Todd Helton were fairly safe. Although then whenever I talk to somebody, they, they remind me, hey, there's only like 40% of the votes are public so far. Yeah. Uh, those are going to go down. So I would say that the, the, the next three players would be, in, in order to me, would be Maurer, Helton, and to me, the most deserving player that's not in is Billy Wagner. But I, I could see all, two of the three certainly not making it at the very end. Uh, and some people would say none of the three will make it. Have, in, have you, you been know? surprised by how high the support has been for Joe Maurer? Like that, that's the, I, I love the idea of Joe Maurer because I love the idea of measuring someone at the position that they played and not just holding everybody accountable to like 3,000 hits, 500 home runs. But I 
frankly, have been surprised by how much support there's been for Joe Mauer. Yeah, I, I think of of uh, all the, the ones beyond Beltre, it sure looks like Mauer has the best chance to make it. And, uh, you know, I read last night, it's funny, I'm still kind of on the fence with him because I made the mistake one year of getting him on my fantasy team. Ah, the year that he, the year that suddenly he couldn't bend down, his legs were, you know, I mean, it was just uh, I felt terrible what I did to his career uh, by drafting him that year. A but person when anymore. when you read a Jason Stark and you read his comparison to Ernie Banks. It's, it really rings true, and Ernie Banks was a near first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, not near; he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. He was, you know, almost unanimous. Um, the two had similar careers, and uh, I think Mauer's going to get in. I think Mauer's going to get in. I really hope my guy Billy Wagner gets in, but I think he's got one more he year. He does, yeah. Un- unlike Sheffield, who looks like he's going to fall short in his final year, like everybody else did, the Bonds and the you know the Clemens yeah. of the world, I do think you're is right. Helton, is Helton looking like Helton is still trending well. Like if you, He's still sitting at 83.3, so if you assume that they're going to wow, lose... Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, 6 that's to 7%, then he would still be safe if that ends up being... And what's case. Billy Wagner at? Is he's he at above 70, 75? 79.4, but that, you know... That that is that perilous. Could, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, yep. sir. Um, you got you had a couple hey. shows this week. Yeah. Uh, we started our thing. We, we're gonna. It, it began to be difficult to navigate Stein's schedule to do a newsmakers thing, and I I think I I made the right call in lining up with Eric Garfield, who who I think is going to be a real good addition to our uh, content. Uh, I think we're going to have some unique content that nobody else has on Oriole prospects. And he and I went over um, what the what the Norfolk team could look like this year and how it could be arguably one of the greatest uh, minor league teams uh, we've ever seen. Of course, that'll have to do with whether Jackson Holiday makes the team uh, and whether or not they make a big trade, which I just wrote a column the other day. Um, uh, that I think that Michael Elias is still has the upper hand in negotiations because he's got some great prospects. And I think there's a real chance we could still do something with the Marlins. I think Chris gets the gen- first year general manager of the White Sox overplayed his hand big time. And I think he's almost like insulted, uh, Elias and I don't look for Dylan Cease to be a member of the area. Yeah, I'd still be surprised by that. That's a that's a, a high price that they are asking for at this point. All right, Stan, uh, appreciate all you. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next Have Friday. Have a great all show. Right? Have a great show and uh, go Ravens. No all right about it. Thanks, buddy. And go goose, go goose flight slogger. No question about that. Thanks, pal. Stan now up. available at the Costas Inn in addition. That's right to Glory Days Grill and the Guilford Hall. Brewing. And six packs right. available at Costas Inn, which we like. We are excited about Nothing that. Nothing better than that. Thanks, there buddy. We go. Appreciate you. All right. Have a great weekend. Stan the Fan Charles, Chief Grand Poobah. Appreciate him taking the time. And yes, Goose Flights now available in six packs, both at Costas Inn 
and at Guilford Hall Brewery. Single cans available at Glory Days Grill. One ninety-eight from every can sold goes to benefit the Goose Flights Foundation and the work that Tony Saragusa's family is continuing to do to honor his legacy, providing non-emergency medical transport to those in need. It's a delicious beer. It's an awesome can. It's a great way to celebrate one of our most beloved former Baltimore Ravens. And the money is going to a wonderful charity that is benefiting the world. It's a win, 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 win. Go get Goose Flights today at Costas Inn, uh, Guilford Hall Brewery, or Glory Days Grill. Let's get ready more for uh, Ravens Texans. Always a thrill to welcome in, as you guys know, truly my favorite guest. You know how much I love this man. He is, of course, former defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, former Indianapolis Colts head coach, now with the 33rd team. Our friend Mr. Chuck Pagano is back with us. Coach, happy Friday. Always appreciate you. I heard you're having some travel problems today. Hope everything gets worked out. Thank you for taking the time for us. Hey, it's always great to be on with you guys. You're, you're too kind. Uh, appreciate the kind words. Yeah, it's been an eventful uh, couple days, but all good. All right. I'm glad to hear that, and hopefully you get everywhere safe. Um, Coach, we are, of course, extraordinarily excited here in Baltimore, and it feels like there is a special team that has the opportunity to do something remarkable this year. That said, there is this sort of angst that exists in our town because of the history of the Ravens recently in the playoffs and the fact that in Lamar Jackson's career, he's one in three. Everybody remembers 2019. Everybody remembers the Ravens being the number one seed, rolling through everyone, and then just getting smacked in the face by the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. How convinced are you that this is a better Ravens team that is more prepared for this than that team was? Yeah, you ain't got to sell me, um, you know, on it. I, I think there's always that angst because maybe you've been sitting around for a couple weeks. You know, the guys haven't played. A lot of the starters haven't played in three weeks. They didn't play in week 18, right? And then you got the bye, et cetera, et cetera. But I trust John Harbaugh. I trust that staff. I know they did um, what was right by those guys, you know, as far as practice goes, as far as their preparation. You know, Lamar's not not the same dude. Yeah, he won the MVP unanimous in, in 19, but... He's a different Lamar. He's got a new play caller. Todd Monk has done an unbelievable job. You got a ton of talent uh, around this guy. Uh, you know, some say he didn't have the weapons back then that he has now. Mm -hmm. um, maybe Art, Mark Andrews gets back. OBJ, Zay Flowers, Bateman, you know, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. I mean, you've got a ton of guys. The offensive line's playing well. This defense is, you know, one of the best, if not the best, in the National Football League. You just got you got studs everywhere. I, they're going to miss Marlin, but I, I think you just and I, I just don't think this team's going to be denied. I think they're they're on a they're on a quest for something uh, very very special, as we all know, and we know what that what that is. So um, they got a they got a young, uh, talented, you know, Houston Texans teams coming in. They're not going to take them lightly by any means. They played them in week one. They understand this quarterback that's coming in. They understand the head coach, his mindset, his mentality. Um, you know, they don't know what they don't know is what everybody's saying, playing with house money. So uh, 
they'll they'll take care they'll take care of business. But you can understand why they're so amazed. Um, I you you mentioned the Texans. I watched your video for the thirty thirteen the other day, and I. I in no ways believe that you can be dismissive of the Texans, right? Like, C.J. Stroud is playing at such a bonkers level for a rookie. I, I don't know that we've ever seen a rookie play at this level. And there's talent everywhere you look, and D'Amico Ryans is a hell of a coach. What would be the path, Coach? Like, what, what would this have to look like for – what would have to go right for the Texans? What would have to go wrong for the Ravens tomorrow for the Texans to be able to keep this train rolling and come into Baltimore and spring the upset? I just think uh, how it starts, how this game starts. You know, if um, you just look at that tape and you just look at what they did to, a, you know, the number one defense in the league in the Cleveland Browns a week ago on Super Wild Card Weekend, right? Uh, and But we all understand the Browns' defense, you know, is much different uh, on the road than they were at home, giving up almost 30 points a game on the road. So uh, the way this game starts – you know, if we get off to a fast start, if the Ravens, I say we, if the Ravens get off to a fast start, they take care of business, um, you know, do what they're supposed to do. Don't allow uh, this team to have, you know, any success early and and do what they're supposed to do in, in, in all three phases. Then this game should should go according to uh, the pundits, the odds makers. We, we understand what the line is and all that stuff, but. Houston's going to come, and they played well the first time they played. I mean, it was a 7-6 game at half, right? Yep. They they just they moved the ball. C.J. threw for 242 yards, 245 yards, right? They just they couldn't get in the end zone. You know, they had to settle for field goals. Um, Ravens came out, got those two touchdowns in the third quarter, and then, you know, the rest is history and, and did a good job, obviously, of keeping them out. But if, if Houston has some success early and they, they get rolling, because they're going to come in confident. They're going to come in, you know, feeling good about themselves. they got playmakers. You know, they've got the quarterback we all know who's had the best rookie season in the history of the, of the game. He's certainly not going to be afraid. He's not intimidated. He's cool as a cucumber. And, and he's got dudes around him. they got, they got skill. And they got a defense that's got some players on it. And they're athletic. They can rush the passer. They got to, you know, they got to Lamar uh, in week one, uh, sacked him four or five times, I think. And, and, and so you just got to, you got to start fast and you can't allow a team like Houston with the talent, with the quarterback, with their mindset, the way they play um, to come in and, and have some success early. Cause then it's, then you don't, then you don't know. I mean, they get it to the fourth quarter and it's a one score game, 10 point, whatever. Then, then you're holding on to your, your rear. He is Chuck Pagano. Old habits died hard as he, uh, you know, dropped in the Wii when he was talking about the Ravens, which I think we all enjoyed. <laughs> Always. Um, co- co- Coach, I-, I wonder if you could, because I worry. I- I'm, I'm, I'm almost finding myself, like, flummoxed talking about what I've seen from Lamar Jackson this year. Like, I have a faith in this young man and a belief in this young man that goes beyond almost anything we've ever seen in this town, right? Like, I would... I, it's it's Ray Lewis and Lamar Jackson and I guess maybe Justin Tucker, right? Like I feel like I'm watching an artist. I feel like I'm watching a genius in the way that the game has slowed down for him and the way that he is seeing the field and the decisions that he's making. And no, he's not every throw is perfect, but you know that's an impossible standard that no one could ever live up to. I worry that I'm getting carried away in how I talk about it and I'm saying reckless things. Like I. 
I compare to him to you know Aretha Franklin filling in for Pavarotti singing opera that diamond <laughs> like that's how brilliant Lamar Jackson looks to me right now am I going too far in how I'm looking at it or is there something to be said that it's not just he's playing it I just feel like there's something almost transcendent about what he's been doing no, it's been it's been remarkable, and that's why he's going to be the MVP again uh, of the league. And he's had obviously stiff competition throughout, but you know he he separated himself um, a couple weeks ago. There, there, no one would argue with you um, to your points and how how you're throwing flowers at Lamar. The based on the way that he's played, I think again Todd Munkin, this this offensive staff has done an unbelievable job. What he's doing from the pocket now. You know, as a passer, I mean, coming in the league, everybody said he was never going to be that dude. We knew the athleticism there. We knew the damage he could do, you know, with his legs, whether it's a, a design uh, quarterback run, um, you know, uh, a zone read where he, where he pulls it, uh, the extended plays when the, when the play breaks down in the pocket. But what he's doing from the pocket now and the way, I mean, he's elevated everybody else's play around him. But he's just—he's just been outstanding, and you don't have that. It used to be like when okay, he drops back, and then he's sitting in there because he's sitting in there. The the pocket's closing down on him; they're coming on him, and you're just scared to death. Like he's going to let this thing fly, and, and something bad's going to happen, right? You don't feel that way anymore. The trust factor is like off the charts right now, and then just his ability, his uncanny ability to mani- manipulate the pocket when things aren't there and to extend plays and avoid rushers, all those kind of things. I anticipate Houston's got to have some type of spy plan for him. They're going to have to be super disciplined in, in their rush. And then in the back end, they're going to have to cover, um, you know, play. There's, there's, you know, scheduled plays that are good. The ball's going to come out and, and he's going to hit his, you know, third step, his fifth step coming off play action, whatever. But then when it doesn't, and you got to cover for five, six, seven seconds, because he's got his eyes down the field all the time, he he's been he's been nothing short of spectacular, and again that's why you know he's going to be the league MVP, and that's why he's most definitely probably going to you know lead this team to a AC championship, and it's going to be a, a you know we got a lot of work to do obviously, but it's going to be a home game for for an AFC championship and another trip to a Super Bowl. Uh, it would be the first AFC Championship game in Baltimore in over 50 years, Coach, which is just almost impossible the way that... Wow, uh, how, as, can you as, imagine that? Like, I mean, and, and it's, it's weird. Right? Well, oh, my God, it's going to be electric. I mean, I can't even... It would be so electric next weekend. But it's such a weird thing that this franchise has had so much success and just has never hosted an AFC title game. Co- coach, I wonder if you could just explain to us... You, you're such a cool customer. Everybody knows that about you. But the, the outside stuff, right? The stuff like... You know, we, we referenced with the angst and the fact that the Ravens have had recent playoff failure, the pressure of everything lining up the way that it has, and the expectation that we all have right now for the Ravens to make a Super Bowl run. How does that impact a coach? How does that impact a player? Like, are are these guys really capable of utterly and completely blocking all of that out, or do you have to talk about it uh, this week leading up? Like, what does that look like? All of those outside influences. I don't think so. I think John's done an unbelievable job uh, for a long, long period of time of handling that stuff for them. They, they don't talk about it. It's, it's, a, it's a confidence that's there, and it's based on preparation. 
like if you don't, I walked into a bunch of tests when I was in college that I did not study for, and that's not a good feeling, you know, and I spent more time trying to get my seating assignment, you know, set up. So I, I had a legitimate shot maybe to, to pass the damn thing, right? So if you're not prepared, if you haven't practiced well, you haven't studied well, you haven't done your walkthroughs, the training, the discipline, all that stuff, then, then you have angst. But the way these guys prepare, they, I mean, they've got veterans on this team. They've got young guys. They, they've got such great leadership, you know, starting with the coaching staff, starting with Harbaugh, that their process is, is too good. And it's been that way for, for a long, long time. So they're, they'll be prepared. They'll, they'll right up until kickoff and then for 60 minutes uh, during that game, making the adjustments, the critical adjustments that you have to make based on what you're seeing, uh, what you haven't seen on tape, they'll be prepared. And I don't – the angst only comes, like I said, when, when you haven't done what you're supposed to do leading up to the game, the preparation stuff. Yeah. Because once the haze, once the haze in the barn with this group, man, they're going to go out there. They're going to let the fur fly, and and, and they're going to be flying around. It's going to be exciting. All right, before I let you go, Coach, you, you know, you referenced possible Mark Andrews comes back, but I just wonder if you could describe what you've seen from Isaiah Likely. Because again, I don't want to go too far, but the, the the way this young man has played in this spot with Mark Andrews being sidelined, I'm convinced this young man is a superstar as well. And that this might be the greatest, you know, when these guys are on the field together, we might be looking at the best tight end duo that the NFL has seen since Rob Gronkowski and that other guy that we don't talk about anymore. Yeah, because we, we were all – he's been he's been phenomenal. He's taken full advantage of this opportunity, right? Because we've been all waiting. Like, we saw this guy. Yep. You see him in warm-ups, and you're like, what the hell's wrong? Can this guy not learn a playbook? Does he not understand? Is he not doing what he's supposed to do? And, and granted, Mark's there, and you got other guys, but – Boy, is he taking advantage of this opportunity and and such a talented, talented guy. And it's like he's covered, but he's not, right? When you got a frame like that and you got the length like that and the hands, I mean, you just throw that ball to him and, and the 50-50 balls, things like that, he's going to come down with them. So he's done an unbelievable job. And, and for young players, sometimes it's just, it's just that opportunity yeah. that you need. And it's sometimes, and you never want to see a guy get injured, and you never want to see a guy be out of there. But sometimes when that happens, and then it's like, okay, this is on me now. All right. So you meet those expectations. You understand what those expectations are. You prepare your tail off. Obviously, he's done that. And then you go in and you take advantage of uh, of a situation which he has, and you just flourish. And and all that talent that he has, and you can see him. He, he gained confidence. So, yeah, I just think I just think he's done an unbelievable job, like like you're saying. But just this opportunity that he's gotten, um, he's taken full advantage of it. Coach Chuck Pagano, uh, always appreciate you, sir. Here's the thing: I need you to come back to Baltimore because we just partnered with uh, Tony Siragusa's family on a new beer called Goose Flights, and I need you to come back to town so I can take you out for a Goose Flights lager. All right? Boy, obviously, you know, missed the heck out of him. We 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 all do. Um, what a what a stud! Love the family. Love his son. Uh, got to spend some time with him, you know, before Anthony passed, unfortunately. And and uh, yeah, I'd love to I'd uh, love to come back there and share one, toast him. We we got to make that happen. We will figure out a way to do it. Coach Chuck Pagano, uh, safe travels today, sir. Always appreciate you taking the time for us. Appreciate you, man. Take care.
Man, if we do these power rankings, it's going to be really tough for me. It's going to be so tough for me. I don't, I don't want to do it. Because then I was thinking, too, about, like, Ian and Kevin Harlan and Jim Nance, who have always been good to us. This is impossible. I don't want to do the power rankings. God, every time. Every time. When has Chuck Pagano ever come on with us and not killed? Just been wonderful. I mean, like, Lewis Riddick killed the last time he was on. Lewis Riddick. My soul is still stirred by talking to Lewis Riddick. But he doesn't get to come on as frequently. Coach asked to come on more frequently. God, he's the best. He's the best. Love Coach Pagano. Appreciate him. Um, we're going to go hour uh, commercial free in this first hour here on GCR. That's our gift to you on a snowy Friday here in Baltimore. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're trying to get you amped up, get you excited for playoff football in Baltimore tomorrow. It's not going to warm up enough for the snow to melt. They're going to be packing the snow somewhere. It's not overwhelming. It's not like it's six inches is when it becomes a problem. I've said that for a long time. Six, and it's an issue. Short of six, you're okay. But they're going to have to put it somewhere in order to clean out all these parking lots and all these walkways and everywhere the people needs to get. That's going to be an issue. That's, that's, they're going to have to deal with that tomorrow. Maybe, maybe we're not going to go commercial free. All right, I lied. We're not going commercial free. We're going to take a break here. But then we're scheduled to be joined by Lisa Salters from ESPN on the other side as we continue to get you ready for Ravens-Texans tomorrow in the divisional round of the playoffs here on Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite. And at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal. Available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. 
Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make sure you tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday brought to you by live casino and hotel and if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Khan's OnlyFans page at wait are people supposed to know about that did you see uh, Jeremy by the way go out in the uh, in his speedo this morning uh, uh, wander no, over to no, fa- wander over to that. Facebook oh, apparently Facebook. Uh, over at Odyssey today Jeremy Kahn brought a Speedo and just went for a run in the snow. Ah. Which, you know. Which is, in this, I mean, uh, yeah, this is what you do. It's what, why wouldn't you? The funny part is, I say he brought his Speedo. I'm not convinced that he doesn't just wear the Speedo sometimes. <laughs> it's not, it's it's a non-zero chance that today was just a Speedo day at Jeremy Kahn's house. Uh, if you go to Jeremy's Facebook page, you can see that as he was uh, out out for a run. Um, Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. We are getting you ready for um, a big game tomorrow, Ravens-Texans. Speaking of big games, did you, uh, did you get some American dollars in last night? Uh, yeah, Towson. Big win. Oh, yeah. Big, that was a win, big win on big, the road, 82-78 at Charleston. Um, it, they really were comfortably ahead in the second half. Like It was a very... Emphatic. I know it ends up, you know, seen as a four-point game, but they had some distance in the second half. Yeah. They had that free throw out shooting. The, definitely, uh, you have they, to build, build build on that. They had that stretched out the double figures in the second half. Like that was an emphatic performance on the road for Towson. Much needed, as uh, we've talked a lot with Patrick Stevens about them trying to stay closer, you know, out of the that center of the CAA. That's all kind of bundled up. They're trying to get a little separation into the upper half of the CAA and make sure they get the and one of those top four seeds in the CAA tournament. So a much, much needed road win at Charleston. They're back at home tomorrow. Quick turnaround to host Campbell. A lot of teams did this in the area, scheduled their games for like 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and yeah. didn't choose to move them. I, I, There's a part of me that understands that like, you know, there's a lot of people involved, a lot of parties involved, but, like, do, do you want people to go to the games? Do you want people to watch the games? Don't play them at the same time as a regular playoff game. Just a suggestion, not a sermon, just a thought. I understand these are difficult weekends because you don't know what time the Ravens are going to be playing. Like, next Sunday, you know the Ravens, no matter what, if they win, they're playing at 3 o'clock next Sunday. That's the way it's going to go. This weekend was a little bit more difficult to play, prepare for. But I just feel like once you see it, then maybe you say, huh, noon seems like a good time to play a basketball game tomorrow. Maybe we do that. Again, not a sermon, just a thought. Not the only ones that are having that issue. Also, a nice win last night for UMBC. Got their first uh, conference win of the year as they beat Maine at home. Gritty win for them. So, nice little uh, night of uh, hoops locally. And it's a fun rivalry weekend. Again, this is the bummer of... Why couldn't the Ravens just have played on Sunday? Why couldn't they? that have worked out? They get the Sunday game. Um, Army-Navy, Morgan Coppin, fun rivalry weekend in local hoops, unfortunately, kind of drowned out by 
the other thing that's going on that I hear is a bit more significant. Um, from Dan. Dan says, was listening to you guys talk about your nerve. Oh, yeah. Rita and I were on the fan last night, and we did a segment about nerves. And I said, I don't really have any. I I mean that. Personally, I'm not trying to go crazy. I'm not trying to say, I'll bet my house on the Ravens tomorrow. I genuinely have no nerves. I am openly making plans to prepare for AFC Championship game. Frankly, I am openly making plans to prepare for the Ravens being in the Super Bowl. And, you know, we say I'm not trying to jinx. You know, Stan was talking about that earlier. You don't want to jinx anything. You don't want to... I, Get back to me next week when the opponent is, you know, Buffalo or Kansas City if the Ravens win on Saturday. But I don't. I am so comfortable. And it's so much about Lamar. Like, it's just so much based around the confidence that I have that if if he has anything to do with it, if the ball isn't taken out of his hands, I don't believe they're losing. I, I don't. I don't believe they're losing that football game. Now, again, goofy things happen, and the ball's not round, and sometimes it bounces, and sometimes... I, I don't know if you remember, there was a game earlier this year where Lamar did almost everything he could possibly do to win the game, and they still found a way to lose it. Those things happen. That's the nature of football. But I have such extraordinary faith in Lamar Jackson that I truly don't have any real nerves about this game. The question that we didn't get to last night is the mayor ended up taking two segments, that jerk. Why do you keep inviting him on? Boy, I mean. Um, the question we didn't get to last night that I sort of flirted with this week and I've asked a couple of guests that we've had on about it if the Ravens win tomorrow, do you have a rooting interest in Sunday? If the Ravens win tomorrow, do you find yourself, when you sit down to watch the second game on Sunday, Bill's Chiefs, do you find yourself rooting for a result one way or the other? Um, Like a meteor to land in Orchard Park? Right, I but that, that's not... Yeah, let's have a conversation. <laughs> um, I... Man, I, I th- like both teams. You know, they they have things that scare you. Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Patrick Mahomes is a is a kind of is a scary and, scary and their uh, quarterback. And yeah, and their defense has been very good. Um, but you know, Josh Allen can have games like he did last week, where he just completely takes over and and doesn't miss any throws, and he he uh, he he fakes slides. And they're a better overall team runs. than the Chiefs are. They have fewer weaknesses than the Chiefs do. They have good wide receivers. They have. You know, all of a sudden, not to say the Chiefs don't have a. In fact, I don't know which team has the better run game anymore because neither one of them are fully committed to their run game. But the Bills obviously finally became a team that like went to another level when they said, "Hey, what if we handed the ball off to a running back?" And everybody looked around like, "I don't know." So, well, let's let's just give it a shot and see how it works out. 
and Dorsey was against handing it to Ronnie. But Polly, I don't know what the story is on Lisa Salters. We do have to be. Yeah. Everybody's trying to travel today. Who knows? Like it's, it's an unpleasant day, so it's totally possible that it's related to travel. And we we will show more grace today than we would do on on other days. That's it. No, none. But we'll show a little bit more grace today. We we came in here today, and I said jokingly to Griffin, like, how stupid are we going to feel if we went through all of that to get in today, and then all of the guests end up canceling? We didn't. Coach Pagano didn't know because he was having some travel yeah. issues. Like, who knows? Is this Lisa Salters? All right. It's a tough day. It's a tough day because of it. I I have... I I don't think I have a rooting interest. If the Ravens win tomorrow, I don't think there's one way or the other that I would find myself rooting. I think it would be more... Like whoever wins that game, you're going to feel they're dangerous because they just beat another really good AFC team. I don't think there's any way that you're going to come out of that game not feeling nervous about whoever it is that the Ravens are facing in the AFC championship game. So I don't, I don't know. I don't feel strongly one way or the other. And I haven't gotten the sense, like, I, I've asked a bunch of different people, and a bunch of different people have given me a bunch of different answers. Well, not really a bunch different. There's only two possible answers. But it's been pretty split 50-50. I don't know if the Ravens win tomorrow who I would rather face. or I, I'm not going to be involved in the game, believe it or not. Who I'd rather see the Ravens face in the AFC Championship game. But they got to win tomorrow first. And speaking of tomorrow, uh, always a pleasure. Of course, our next guest has history here in Baltimore from her time at WBAL. She'll be back in town tomorrow as part of ESPN and ABC's broadcast of Ravens-Texans. She is the great Lisa Salters, and she is with us on GCR. Lisa, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's so great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Good morning. How are you? Everything is good. I mean, it's snowy. It's unpleasant. But other than that, everything is good here. We're excited about this football game. Um, Lisa, I, I would imagine that so much of this week and you guys and the prep that you've been doing, like it has to be centered around – Lamar and the season that he's had and yet the narrative that still exists about Lamar in the playoffs in in the time that you've spent preparing for this how different do you feel like Lamar is than four years ago and and how much more prepared do you think find him to be going into this postseason yeah like you said I uh I you know I spent a lot of time here in Baltimore just just moved away a couple of years ago and so when I got back into town last night, uh, you know, I went and, went out and had some dinner over at a, at a friend's house. And uh, that's one thing everybody wants to know. It's like, you know, how, how is Lamar when you talk to him? And, you know, I said, that, you know, I'm telling you the same thing I told them, that he seems just, you know, completely locked in. And, and I know we, we say that a lot, but, uh, you know, he just seems, he's the kind of guy who he just does not shy away from those narratives. Like, you know, some people are like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. That was, you know, he, he's not that guy. He's, he's fully aware uh, of his playoff record. He uh, and embraces that. And, um, you know, he's just locked into right now. He says that this team is different. Uh, and he said, I'm different. You know, I'm wiser. I've had more experience. I, I'm ready and I'm, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think he, he said that he's antsy uh, mm. all week. I believe he is because I think that he is so locked in and wanting to kind of knock this 
narrative down and to knock this monkey off of his back. I think that that's what is making him antsy is that he's ready to show that, uh, you know, that he is not the same quarterback, the same great quarterback that he was even when he was a great quarterback, right. you know, a few years ago. Right. We was unanimous MVP. And yet we all believe that he's just better. And that's crazy that that's the standard. I, I you know, it's, it's funny you say that the antsy thing, because I, I feel like Lisa, in a way, it's kind of an anomaly that he still has to deal with it. Right. Like it's, we can't right. really judge him against losing a playoff game as a rookie. It was insane that he was even in that position. And what happened the third year in Buffalo was like the win. It's really that he's being judged by one game, right? Like that one game has created this narrative. And if he had been healthy at the end of the season, one of the last two years, it's probably gone by now. Like it's probably over. So it exists and it's real and he has to deal with it. But it's almost, in a way, more an anomaly than it is anything else. I don't think that we really know anything that says Lamar Jackson isn't a good playoff quarterback as much as he had one really bad loss in the playoffs. Right. And, you know, when he, he brought it up, he was like, you know, last year, I, you know, I wasn't healthy. The year before, we didn't make it. And, and it was, uh, you know, it was really uh, – kind of something that to think about when it was like, wait, wait, when was that? When was the last time right. Lamar actually played in a playoff game? It was, it was several years ago. Was it, was it 2019? Was it the, the, the 2020 the, uh, season, the pandemic year? Yeah. It was the last time that he, right. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was the one and done when they had to buy. And uh, yeah. And so it really is that, that, that has caused this whole narrative. And I think added to that was the fact that they were so good that year, right. that they were the favorite. Uh, that they had the first round by. And so that the fact that everything is so similar now, I think is what has created this, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And it's, you know, he cannot shake this until he plays, until he plays tomorrow. So I think that is why he's kind of, he's just ready to get this over and done with. And I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he comes out and just has a monster a monster game. Lisa Salters is with us. She'll, of course, be working the broadcast for ESPN and ABC tomorrow afternoon, 4.30 here in Baltimore. Uh, Lisa, I, before we get to the Texans side of it, just in general, it, it's as much as we talk about Lamar, and deservedly so, I mean, I he's been genius. It's It's been like watching an orchestra conductor. I, I do feel like that part of the rest of the story is how much better the entire team is to me, is than that 2019 team that had, you know, like one path. They had to run the ball. They had to be mm-hmm. in front and play bully ball. You look at this team now, and there's no real weakness. Like, their wide receivers are good, which, you know, we've almost never said in Baltimore in the history of this franchise. Um, the defense is good at every level. I, I, I'm, yeah. I, look, this is football. Like, who knows what might happen? But it just seems like it's such a different team on top of everything else than what happened when they went one and done against the uh, Titans. Yeah, and, and the defense. Uh, I mean, the four players, four players uh, on the All Pro right. team, uh, right. first or second team. Um, the defense has just been has just been lights out. And uh, you know, I was talking to Roquan Smith yesterday, and he was just saying that the, the, the unit, just everyone is kind of feels, I asked him what that, what he meant when he said earlier in the week that we're like a pack of hungry dogs. And he said, it's just like, we, we don't really care who gets the credit on a play. It's like when, when a pack of dogs find something and they go in for the kill, then everyone just kind of swarms around and everybody eats. And he's like, we don't really care who takes, takes the, 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 the prey down. 
we're just all there and, you know, sharing in it together. And um, I would say that, the, you know, that this rave, as, as, as good as Lamar is and as well as the offense has been playing, I would argue that the defense um, is playing even better. I, I get it. I mean, Kyle Hamilton has been a, a revelation, is a true superstar, to your point, Roquan. I mean, I, it's going to go down as one of the greatest moves in Baltimore Ravens history. He's just been so brilliant. I, the defense and Justin Matabike, like what a story that is. Um, yeah. They've been so good. Lisa, on the flip side, and, and I keep saying all week, I, I am not dismissive of the Texans. It's clear there is a there there. Like, they – there is something special yeah. that has happened in Houston. I have so much faith in the Ravens that admittedly, you know, the, the part of me that's a fan, I'm not very worried, but it's not because I'm dismissive of the Texans. How dangerous are the Texans as they come to Baltimore tomorrow? Well, they're hot. So any hot team is a dangerous team. Um, you know, and I think that's the one thing that, that has, you know, my Raven fan friends concerned is the fact that the Ravens haven't really played in 20 days. You know, Lamar hasn't played, not, starters haven't really been out there. And so it's the whole rest versus rust thing. Um, I think the, the Ravens are secure in the decision that they made to kind of sit, sit folks out, uh, in particular Lamar, uh, in, in week 18. But, but they're not hot right now. They were hot when they got to week 18. Sure. You know, uh, you know, at, at, they were hot after they beat the 49ers for sure. But now it's been three weeks. And so will they pick up where they left off? You know, some teams do, some teams don't. Uh, but the, the Texans are hot right now. They're, you know, C.J. Stroud has been playing really well all season, but particularly in this last stretch. Um, where, and, you know, for, for him to – his his touchdown to interception ratio is just so mind boggling for a rookie. Like rookies aren't supposed to have all the answers and yet he's been able to figure it out. Just five interceptions on the season. That's just, that's just crazy for any quarterback. It's great. But for a rookie, it's, it's phenomenal. So, you know, how dangerous are, are the Texans? I'd say very dangerous because they are on fire right now. Oh, I, I completely get it. And it's it's not it's not a fluke. It's not a good story or something. They're just really good. And on and really good mostly everywhere. I mean, they probably don't run the ball all that well, but like it's not like they can't run the ball. I, they're a really, really good right. and talented team. All right, Lisa, we we have to get the most important part. It's gonna be cold in Baltimore tomorrow. Uh, it's it's gonna be I'm just looking out the window here now. It's yeah. Just, uh, All right. So I'm trying to get my mind right. You've done plenty of these games over the years, right? Like you've been in plenty of cold places. Can we get the advice from Lisa Salters for everybody that's gonna be outside tomorrow at the game? What's the rundown for you, number of layers, how you handled all of it? Yeah. As, a, as a true pros pro that has done all of these things over the years, what is the go-to, what is the setup for Lisa Salters when you're on the sideline in these miserable conditions? Uh, it's 2024, battery-powered, battery-powered <laughs> socks, battery-powered gloves, heated vest, all of it. Then you don't have to bog yourself down with layers, but just make sure that your battery's charged and you should be good to go. What is the coldest? And that- and also also try to sneak over. But well, you know the fans don't have the access that I have. I try to sneak over to the heaters, uh, kick the punters out of the way, or <laughs> slide over, guys. Move over. If it gets really cold, then I kind of move over by the kickers and and, uh, and try to get a little of the heater. I don't blame you for that at all. What what is the coldest? Do you have one that you always fall back on that like was the most miserable that you've ever yeah. been working a game? 
Yeah, it was Chicago in December. I don't remember the year, maybe 2014, okay. um, 2015. I'm not sure. But I know that uh, Mark Trestman was the head coach uh, of the Bears at the time. And it was, I think, minus nine. Oh. Was, uh, and it was awful. Oh. I mean, it was, it was absolutely awful. Um, Trestman couldn't speak at halftime. I'm trying to talk to him. His mouth wouldn't work. Um, the water bottles were frozen. Um, it was miserable. It really was. I, I think I may have left the field before the game ended and watched from <laughs> and watched from the, the tunnel where it was at least a little warmer. So, guys, you're not planning on throwing back down, right? Like we're good. Okay, see. You're right. Yeah, we good. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the game. Uh, when you're back here, when you're back in Baltimore, uh, give me like what's what's the one thing you have to have? Um, where do, is there crab. somewhere? Just oh, crab, just cra- cracking crabs, just sitting around. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I'm trying to think, like, where, what's going to be open. But, yes, definitely. I love it. I love friends, it. friends and crabs. Lisa Salters. It's so great to have you back. Uh, obviously, it's, we're all very excited around here, as you can imagine. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us. Please stay warm tomorrow and enjoy the game. All right? Likewise. <laughs> thanks, Lisa. All right. Thanks for having me. Lisa Salters, ESPN and ABC, of course, will be uh, on the sidelines tomorrow for uh, their broadcast of Ravens-Texans. I've never done battery-powered socks, battery-powered gloves. Is that a thing? Is that a like? Do they do they last the whole? I'd be I'd be terrified of that. Like I'd be terrified of like Lisa to her point. Like she could probably go plug him back in at halftime or something like that. Like find, you know, go back underneath under the concourse. And, well, I mean, yeah, like she said, it's 2024. You got to have three hour. But have you ever have, have you ever tried wearing? I've never done it. No, I've never I've done it either. See, this is the problem for me. It's over for me. Like I, I'm never gonna be doing this again. Like it's just not gonna happen. I, in fact, when they announced Jimmy Eat World was playing at halftime for everybody, I yeah. one of my five favorite bands of all time. And I, for a second, I was like, "It's oh, not even gonna be like." Let me see, let me see how let me see how uh, just how cheap these tickets are, how much these prices have crashed. Because if you haven't been paying attention, the ticket prices have plummeted, crashed this week. Um. And I think the people start gobbling them up today. I think today will be the day where, you know, like the the dads, brads, and chads, they'll they'll say, oh, man, 70 bucks, I can go to a playoff game. All right, I'm in. Like, I think that there'll be some movement on that today. But, uh, they, I mean, they've completely crashed the ticket prices. Like, from last week, $300 down to 80 bucks yesterday. And I haven't looked today to see if they've come down any further. But I do think that there'll be a number at which – there it will the buyer's market will hit again um i say that to say when when they they announced jimmy at world there was a small part of me that was like well maybe <laughs> like maybe well definitely actually and then i said no oh, come on <laughs> no chance in hell it's funny because tim barbales asked me last night he was like would you just go if jimmy at world just announced they were playing a show tomorrow at noon but it was outside would you go to that? So like today at noon. Yeah, today okay. if the, after yeah. A, after to, after the show today, like I could just go wherever because I love Jimmy Eat World. Like you got to understand, really one of my favorite bands of all time. Band that means a lot to me. Like you know, helped me out during some time the tough times in my life. And I I kept like thinking to myself, I probably would. Like like, but I don't know that now anymore. I don't know. Like when I was a younger man. Yes, but if it was a younger man, I would have gone to football games in this weather. 
I don't know. I don't know is the answer. But I think it's over. I don't think there will ever be a time where I will be spending significant time outside in the cold again. I just think those days are over for your boy. I think that's the case. All right, when we come back in, Ryan Leaf, he'll also be working the broadcast tomorrow. For Westwood One, he'll join us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR, Ian Rappaport has just uh, tweeted out that uh, if you got your hopes up about Lamar, or sorry, about Mark Andrews, it's time to slow down. Quote, not yet. The Ravens are not expected to activate star tight end Mark Andrews from injured reserve to play against the Texans as he's not quite ready to return from a significant ankle injury. Perhaps next week as a potential AFC Championship game appearance was always the goal. I'm not that surprised. Honestly, I'm not that surprised. And the reason I'm not that surprised is, and I, I, it was funny because after the show yesterday, John Colson came in. You think this is just them playing poker and wanting to mess with the Texans? I don't. I think they wanted to have Mark Andrews put in a ton of work before he got back on the field. I'm not that surprised. It, it's almost absurd that he's even in the position where it's a chance. Also, I'm not all that 
worked up about it. Isaiah Likely's been phenomenal. The Ravens have been throttling teams without Mark Andrews. So it's a bummer because, God, you'd love to see what it looks like with both of them on the field playing the way that Isaiah Likely's been playing. And, again, maybe might, next week might be the option. But according to Ian Rappaport, not yet. Ian Rappaport says the Ravens are not expected to activate Mark Andrews from injured reserve to play against the Texans. Presumably means that at least for now, Ardarius Washington probably takes the other roster spot with Devin Duvernay, and then they'll deal with it next week. And if somebody were to get hurt, that would open up a roster spot that they'll look at what they need for Mark Andrews a week from now. No Mark Andrews, but Ravens-Texans tomorrow here in Baltimore. Joining us now, another one of my favorite guests. Of course, yeah, you hear him on SiriusXM NFL Radio, and you're going to be hearing him tomorrow on Westwood One as the Ravens take on the Texans. He is Ryan Leaf, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Ryan, uh, greetings from very snowy Baltimore. Appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Uh, my pleasure. Yeah, I'm about to hit that train, that Amtrak, Ooh. from here in Connecticut down Ooh. to Baltimore. So hopefully uh, hopefully we'll be all right. I got stuck in Buffalo last week. I was in Buffalo oh. for four and a half days trying oh. to get out uh, after after that Steelers uh, game I called on, on Monday. So, so yeah, weather's kind of become an issue. Hopefully the Amtrak will be good to go and I'll get into Baltimore. It's supposed to be nice and sunny tomorrow, cold and crisp. I think that should be for early. Really fun game. Yeah, a little bit of wind, but uh, yeah, not not miserable. Not Buffalo, not like Kansas City last week. Not quite that bad, no doubt. Um, Ryan, we're we're so over the moon here in Baltimore. Like it's it's almost unbelievable how well things were going for the Ravens down the stretch this season, and that stretch of three straight games against the the Jaguars and the Dolphins and, or the 49ers and the Dolphins that looked so perilous on paper, and they just rolled through all those three teams. One of the things that people... Uh, they, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I thought you'd so, finish there. So one of the things that I feel like is a concern that people have is the impact of them not really trying in Week 18 and then the buy following up. And, of course, everybody remembers what happened in 2019. Where are you with the actual impact for a team that's hot of sort of sitting on the sideline for a couple weeks and also the additional level of, like, how much better do you believe this team is than the team that went through this four years ago? I think it's uh, night and day in comparison to how I feel this team is better than what it was four years ago. Uh, Lamar Jackson, only in his second season, you, you know, experiencing the playoffs for the first time. How do you prepare, you know, in the, in the, in the Greg Roman offense where, you know, if you really put him in a position inside the pocket, to be a pocket passer in year two, uh, he, he wasn't going to be the same type of player where there, there's nothing you can do right now. You, you can get everything right as a defensive coordinator. You can execute it scheme-wise. You can be in the right position, the right gap and everything, and he'll still figure out a way to beat you. That's how much better he's gotten. And I also, uh, you know, and, and you could probably speak to this a little bit better than I can being around Baltimore and around him more often. I just think he's having a so much fun playing football. I think over the last two years with the contract uh, problems, the injuries that mounted, I just didn't, he didn't seem to be having the type of fun that he's had this season where uh, he's enjoying every single minute. Um, I do not have the same type of fear around uh, three weeks off. Essentially. I think this, this couldn't have come at a better time for this team in terms of getting healthy. Uh, sounds like to your point uh, that Mark Andrews is not going to be activated. I would have loved to have seen that yeah. in two tight end sets, but guess what? 
where it's going to be needed, whether that's against the Chiefs or the uh, Bills next week in the AFC Championship, uh, you're able to roll that that formation out, that scheme out. I think that would be a problem if that's the case. I would love to see him get in this game and kind of get his feet wet. But, but uh, you know, John Harbaugh and that uh, athletic staff are going to do what's best for Mark and give him the best opportunity to, to be a full 100% when he gets out on the field. Can, can you try to give me your best scientific guess, Ryan, to the, the, all of these factors? We talk, what you say with Lamar and having fun, I, a thousand percent. How much of it is, you know, what we've seen from him this season is just his overall improvement? How much of it is a different scheme with Todd Munkin? How much of it is, like, just having really good playmakers on the field? And I, I, I'm not trying to be negative towards what the Ravens have done in the past, but they have four legitimate NFL wide receivers on the field right now going as deep as Nelson Aguilar. That's I, it's never happened in Ravens history before that they've gone four deep at the wide receiver position. How much have those various factors played into what we've seen from Lamar? Well, I think like anything in a, in a team game, uh, all of those yeah. play a factor. Now, whether you want to add percentages to each, uh, the one that's going to sit at the very top is, is Lamar Jackson. It's going to be the highest percentage. And then I would say, Todd Munkin is the second highest percentage of what this is. And then I would say the wide receivers. This is not a referendum or a slight against these wide receivers in any way, shape, or form. But with what Todd Munkin and Lamar have have come to know of this scheme, there is a, if you, you could trot out some, some, you know, pretty, um, you know, manageable wide receivers in this offense. And I think they still would be pretty dominant. The fact that you have OBJ and Zay Flowers and, Rashad Bateman and, and Nelson Aguilar, I, that, just, that just incentivizes things even more. So it, it really is about Lamar and, um, and, uh, and Todd Munkin and what he's brought to the table. Uh, you go back and just look what he did at, at Georgia the last two years in terms of scheme. Uh, Stetson Bennett at quarterback, uh, no real outstanding wide receiver. George Pickens was a guy. Lad McConkey was a guy. Their running back room was incredibly good, but it was multiple it wasn't just one person carrying and toting the rock at all times and I think it just what he did is he went to kind of a a Georgia north and and type of personnel he's got some great players on the perimeter his tight ends are what Greg and that was what was best at Georgia Brock Bowers uh, and Washington those guys uh, are simply in the same vein as Isaiah Likely and, and Mark Andrews and and he's got that and he's got a defense that is spectacular so I don't know if he could have walked into a better situation off two national championship runs to put himself in this type of position. Uh, I don't see a team, uh, frankly, in the AFC that should be able to stop them unless they get in their own way. He is Ryan Leaf. He's going to be working the broadcast tomorrow for Westwood One, Ravens-Texans. He's with us here on GCR. So, Ryan, what 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 could go wrong, right? Like, I, And I don't want to be dismissive of the Texans, who I think are very legitimate. I don't think this is a fluke at all. I think it's very clear what they have built and – what's brewing there and what could be coming in the next couple of years. But what would it have to take on both sides? What would have to go particularly right for the Texans? What would have to go wrong for the Ravens for the Texans to have the chance to come in here tomorrow and upset the the Ravens? Uh, This for me is is completely about turnover margin. It it just is. Uh, Both teams are incredibly good. Houston's plus 10, uh, the Ravens uh, plus 12. So, the way that the Ravens lose this football game is if they lose the turnover battle. And, and that still may be a way for them. They still could find a way to win the football game because they're, they're very, very talented. But that's where they lose it. If they turn it over two times, Houston doesn't 
Um, that's where they find their opening, and that's where C.J. Stroud becomes the surgeon and, and dices teams up, and, and then that presents a problem. So that's, that's where I see this game going uh, off the rails. Um, you know, the special teams aspect of things always plays a part, and with, with, with Tucker, I don't know if you've got a better – uh, example of that and weather that could be cold and, mm-hmm. and leftover snow from today, those types of atmospheres. That's how you, that's how you lose these types of games. So watch for the turnover margin. If, if they win the turnover battle or just, you know, frankly, keep it even, uh, I think they have a, you know, a much, much more significant chance of uh, not, not getting in their own way. As we said, I asked Chuck Pagano about this earlier, the the mental side of it, the, the, the outside stuff, the, the Ravens' past playoff failures, that Lamar still has that sort of monkey on his back that he's got to deal with, and then the burden of the expectation, right? Like, we, we all look at the Ravens as being the team that should be winning the AFC now. They have everything in front of them at the moment. How much of that stuff, you know, you've talked a lot about mental health over the years. I appreciate it so much from you. How much of that is real for an athlete this week? How much do the coaches have to deal with it versus – how much are you just so in tuned on opponent game plan things like that that you really are capable of blocking all of the rest of that stuff out? I think in the past it was much easier. I think in this day and age of social media and uh, you know loudmouths yelling at each other back and forth, <laughs> um, you know I, I think that I think that that becomes a little bit more of a problem. But I don't you know I, I don't think it's enough to to warrant either one of these programs to, to be in any bit invested in, in what's being said when you get to this point, when you have, you know, when you have uh, eight teams left uh, out of the 32 in the league, you, you're able to narrow that focus in pretty darn well and, and, and work towards uh, achieving that, that common goal with one another. Um, after the fact is, is where, where they'll probably listen a lot. If, if something were to, to fall apart, I'm sure they would listen uh, a lot more, but leading into it, uh, I don't think it's it's a huge deal. It certainly wasn't back in my playing days when there wasn't any social media. You you had no idea what was going on on the outside world because you just you were so locked in with what you were trying to sure, accomplish. Sure, yeah, just turn the radio off, right? Like, don't pick up the newspaper in the morning. You're going to be fine. Yep. Um, Ryan, you know, we bring up Mark Andrews not playing. I just wonder what you've made of Isaiah Likely. Like, I I've I really do believe that. When those two guys get on the field together, we're at this point going to be looking at the best tight end duo that the league has seen since, you know, the, the duo that we don't talk about anymore because of what one of them did. Um, I, I, I am so blown away by Isaiah Likely and how he has handled himself in this moment and how truly he appears to be a superstar in this league. You know, I, I had him on my show uh, in between uh, the end of their final year at Coastal Carolina and the draft. And I remember talking to the young man and when the Baltimore Ravens drafted him, I just thought, Oh my gosh, I mean, what perfect. They always like to go with tight ends, but this one's a difference maker. And so when Mark Andrews went down, everybody looked and narrowed in on what the Ravens record was without Mark Andrews. And it was abysmal. It was a bad. And uh, Isaiah likely really has stepped up to the table talking with Todd, Todd Munkin about him few weeks ago, he just says, you know, he's just still a Colt. I mean, he's got so much talent available to him. Uh, it's just a matter of kind of reining it all in, make sure he's, you know, half, you know, so half the time he said he was run, not in the, the place where he's supposed to be on some routes and they're still making big plays. You know, imagine him being in the mindset of where Mark Andrews is at, where you're in the right spot, you're in the, 
place you're supposed to be every single time. These two, as a duo, you're exactly right. Will look a lot like Gronkowski and Hernandez up in New England. They are they were special that way, and and uh, and, and kind of in the same mindset uh, in terms of which does well, which one does something well, and which one um, does another thing well. I think. All right, so we we. I don't want to jinx anything, but presuming the Ravens win tomorrow, if you are a Ravens fan, do you have a rooting interest in Sunday and who it would be that would be coming to Baltimore to play in the AFC Championship game next weekend? Yeah, I want to see Kansas City for sure. Okay. I do not want to see I do not want to see Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills team. Uh, Josh Allen may be playing his best football of the season right now. I, I was on the sideline for that game last week. And the way he manipulated the defense with his eyes, uh, the way he used his legs, uh, you know, I gave him a stat before the game. I told him, I said, dude, you are, you're 16 and O as a starting quarterback when you don't turn it over. Wow. Like you, wow. Do, you don't lose. And they didn't in that game. And now he's 17 and O as a starting quarterback when he doesn't turn it over. And so I know it's in his nature to take some chances and take some shots and things like that, but they're good enough offensively they have other weapons outside of Stefan Diggs if you want to narrow your focus onto that and Josh Allen just I mean he's carrying this team and he gets them at home Bill's Mafia Pat Mahomes first time on the road in the playoffs in his history uh, you know I think it sets up well for the, for the Bills we'll see how they handle the pressure Sean McDermott going up against uh, a Chiefs team in a divisional game for the first time since the 13 second game at Arrowhead so we'll see if he's triggered at all in this game at all but uh, I would rather see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs right now just simply because of their lack of playmaking ability. You could keep that score tight. You could keep that game tight with your defense and their defense. And then ultimately, uh, you know, the most talent wins. And it's at home in Baltimore. I think that's the difference maker. So, yeah, when this game's over tomorrow afternoon, you want to turn your focus to Sunday evening. Um, I, I'd be rooting for the, the Kansas City Chiefs in that one to see them in the AFC Championship. And you'd think that might be insane, of course, because they are right. It's, the it's Patrick world Mahomes, right. <laughs> right? Right. But but if you had, you know, you you you've asked me the question. I just right now I would not want to see what uh, the Buffalo Bills have been since that bye week where they have just rattled off win after win in close games. Um, that's that's a big deal. So how many are you so I you know, we, we saw the pictures of you in Buffalo last weekend. Are you the type that like because you're from Montana and you like played in the Pacific Northwest that you are just like utterly unaffected by the cold. You don't need to bother layering up. It's it's gonna be cold but I don't even know if it's gonna be colder than Buffalo here in Baltimore this weekend. Are 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 you totally non impacted? You don't have to do like the two side the double pairs of socks type of thing? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I the way we put it is growing up in Montana, you know, you you have molasses in your blood, ah. which keeps everything, yeah. you know, slow moving and warm, and <laughs> and and there's truth to it. I mean, I I I look, you know, my dad said he saw me on the tele the televised broadcast that I looked I looked cold, and I said I said it wasn't it wasn't. I said I told him it it was cold here, and then he sent sent me a snapshot of our hometown, uh, and it was minus thirty two. <laughs> so. Um, so I, this was, this was nothing. My, my toes got cold. I wore, I've had the same boots for a very, very long time. And, uh, that was the one thing that got cold on me. And so I had to sit in the, uh, the shower after that game to warm up my toes, um, quite a bit. So I'll, I, I made a purchase this week. I went and bought a new, new pair of boots. So you'll see me in some okay. new boots on the sideline. But other than that, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I wear a beanie, uh, you know, I'll have uh, a hoodie on and, in a, in a, coat and you know uh, we're, us in montana we always know 
you know, lightweight, but really good gloves. So I'll have good gloves to be able to handle the mic. But yeah, you know, it's not like I'm wearing, you know, a, you know, a, a ski suit or anything like that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not walking around, walking around and, uh, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker and yeah. on solo hop here, you know, that's not me. Looking like a marshmallow, like that Zoe's Haldana yeah. commercial that we've seen yeah. so much these postseasons. <laughs> yeah. At, uh, at Ryan D leaf is how you follow him on Twitter. And of course, Westwood one tomorrow for Ravens, Texans here in Baltimore. Ryan, always appreciate you, man. Safe travels. Thanks for hopping on with us for a couple of minutes. Ah, you bet. Let's have a good one tomorrow. It should be a lot of fun. No doubt. Let's talk again. Thanks, man. Ryan Leaf uh, with us here on GCR as he's getting ready to work the broadcast. A lot of confidence. A lot of, you know, Ryan Leaf, certainly you could hear he, you know, he's not just going to say it because he's got a broadcast to work, but you could hear in his voice, he, he expects it. He says the answer is Buffalo. Uh, sorry, that's who you don't want to face is Buffalo. He says the answer to who you would want to face, who you'd be rooting for, is Kansas City. But if the Chiefs just beat the Bills, it's almost like a paradox. You're rooting for like a 3 nothing triple overtime game so you feel nothing about whoever it is that uh, comes out of the game. You feel like they're not all that good. It's really a paradox, man. Like, I don't know how to handle it. All right, when we come back in, Sean Salisbury. Another one of our favorites. He's down in Houston. What a nice day this has turned out to be. Coming in the snow and sitting around talking to great guests all morning. Fired up about Ravens, Texans here on Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GLENNCLARK23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. 
The latest edition of Pressbox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, the Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure. Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Project Game Day returns tomorrow following Ravens-Texans. Whatever happens, myself, Rita, Femi, KZ, Andrew Stecka, Josh Charles, we'll all be hanging out with you, chatting. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. It's all brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We will see you for Project Game Day immediately following Ravens-Texans tomorrow evening. Come hang out with us. Talk about the game. Now, speaking of Ravens-Texans, and anytime we have an excuse to have our next guest on, I'm looking for it because he is one of my favorite humans. He is, of course, morning show host down in Houston at Sports Talk 790. He is the man behind PSF. He's Mr. Sean Unfiltered himself. He is the great Sean Salisbury. And he's back with us now here on GCR. Sean, what's going on, brother? How are you? Glenn, I'm doing great, brother. Good to be on with you, man. Great, Thank you. Great to chat with you as always, dude. Um, I, let's start with the Texans, right? And just, I, we all know, D'Amico Ryan's a hell of a coach. C.J. Stroud's a hell of a quarterback. You and I, we had a conversation before the first game, and we were in agreement. There was something brewing there, but we both said, you know, it might take a little time. How did that pace end up moving so rapidly to get them to this point this quickly? Yeah, I don't think you and I would have said, hey, man, in August, I'll see you in the playoffs playing Baltimore in the divisional round after winning the division with a rookie coordinator, a rookie coach, a head coach, and a rookie quarterback. Um it's got obviously when we say this, we, we don't want to leave out, at least I don't, because having been on teams, offensive line, defensive tackle, special teams, that's we, we know that how important it is for all of them to be on the same page. But I think there's a couple of things that stick out to me. One, you brought in a head coach that put accountability on them, which they haven't had here in a handful of years, mm. and which goes with the leadership part of leading men hiring great X's and O's coaches around you as a head coach and being a great leader to where they know that you played and that you get it as a head coach, but also that there's that line of respect you must have because he's a head coach. And D'Amico Ryan's got respect the second he walks in the building. So leadership, second, buy-in. I think no matter where you are, high school, college, pro, work, salesperson, you've got to get buy-in, not only from your stars, 
But when you really want buy-in, go ask the backup right tackle how he feels about the head coach. And if that guy's raving about him and that guy's playing for him and that guy's showing up knowing that the coach has been honest and transparent, you get buy-in. So buy-in can't be from 35 guys. It's got to be from 53. Hmm. And he's got it from all of them. So there's two. And then the, the important part is, and he got a great offensive coordinator who is his first chance doing it from the passing game coordinator in San Francisco who just understands. And I, I want people to know that you can be a great X's and O's uh, position coach, but then going from there to a coordinator, you don't always have guys that understand how to get into rhythm. They know football, but the rhythm of play calling, and Bobby Slowick does. But it also starts with this, guys, and you know this, Glenn, is that when you're going to build a franchise, you got to have me a coach, and you better have me a quarterback. That's where it starts. Kansas City, Reed and Mahomes. Baltimore, Harbaugh and Jackson. Shula and Marino. Allen and McDermott have had their t- I mean, it goes on and on. Burrow and Zach Taylor, look what he's done. I mean, guys who change the feeling in the building immediately, not just as coach, but C.J. Stroud waltzed in here. He's always been able to throw it, but then uh, endeared himself to his teammates by doing it the right way, by putting in his time, but also just being a great thrower of the football and a great winner. The guy, and he's every big moment he's faced, he's played his best football against Georgia, the year before, he threw yep. for almost 600 in a game. And here, single elimination. They've been on single elimination for about five, six, seven weeks. And he's elevated his play to a new level. This guy's not a rookie. He's the best rookie that, rookie that throwing the football and with the guts to throw it downfield that I've seen in the league. And so you combine that, and he's got big guts, man. And now with buy-in and accountability and leadership, you can change around in a hurry. Then you've got to get performance, and they've done it. I know they've exceeded it, but they're also not thinking, well, you know what, we got it. This, this is, we're on t- uh, house money. Whenever you start to hear players talk about house money, they're going to get their ass kicked. This team believes, why not us? We're down to eight teams. We got the pressure on a one seed that everybody expects them, and they're damn good. There is pressure on everybody, but you don't go into games thinking, woo, this is house money. You got to clear your mind of clutter, but you got to think, damn, how many times are we going to get back here? You never know. So make it happen. And this team's believed even when fans didn't from three wins to 10 winning the division and now being in a playoff game with a chance to play the best team in the league. Yeah. It's come around in a hurry and it's not going away. This is real. Sean, are they, are they ready for the uniqueness of the everything that they've done? And it's been remarkable. The, you know, the fact that, you know, playing in the cold, but really just playing on the road against, to your point, the team to beat in the AFC do we know enough yet to know how they handle this? I think if we say we do, I think we, we'd be lying to ourselves. You know, that feeling of, well, I think it's a hope that they do here yeah. in Houston, right? Yeah. Listen, I've, I've, I've seen traits from D'Amico, from Singletary, who's been in big games in Buffalo. I've seen C.J. Stroud's traits who played in front of 100,000 in college. It's still different. It's the NFL. So the, the, what I've watched the body of work this year, say, hell yeah, they got a chance. But – the, the stage, when people say, well, what's the difference? Tell me on the Hoosiers movie, but the basket still fits 10 feet tall. Well, it'll feel at times playing against Baltimore's defense like there's 15 cats on the field. So I, I don't know, Glenn, and that's the honor. I mean, I can sit here and give you all the yeah. reasons why I believe they are, but I don't know because they haven't seen it with this group. D'Amico has, but D'Amico ain't going to make one throw. Bobby Slowick has. Bobby Slowick ain't getting one audible check. The right guard's doing all the – they're blocking and tonsil – all these things that come into play. I don't know. I have, I'm on mine early in the week. I had one big question for both teams, and there's more than one. 
for the Texans, it was, will they go in, breathe a deep sigh? We want a playoff game. We're not supposed to be here. It's house money. We can relax. And no matter what happens, what do we got to lose? Well, what right. we got to lose is a football game. So I don't know if they're going to be overwhelmed. Or I know this, if it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter, if I'm Baltimore and C.J. Stroud's got the ball, I'd be careful. Because he can, if he gets into a throwing contest, there's very few in the league that are going to outthrow him if it becomes a one-dimensional game for both, which I don't know if the Texans can do that to Baltimore. The kid, is, he's, he's got that DNA, but I don't know how the whole team's going to react. It could be overwhelming. We're going to find out real soon. And for Baltimore, for me, I, Glenn, I know this sounds crazy. I hate three weeks off. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I know you got to get certain guys healthy, and you go. everybody plays to get home field advantage throughout. I get it. And I trust John and I trust the veterans on that team to say, listen, three weeks off without competitive football for our starters, that's training camp. That's the length of training camp. So on the practice field, are you simulating? Uh, and these are all pros. As good as Baltimore is, hell, you turn it over three times and you get a late start, C.J. Stroud's capable of beating you. Sure. So, you, so for me, it's the three weeks is about a training camp now, unlike the old school when it's four to six weeks and you haven't played competitive football. You're, you're out of the, t- you're not tackling guys to the ground on the practice field. You got to learn how to practice physical without taking them to the ground. And there's an art to it. John's got to stay on him to keep them playing, practicing under duress. So when the first quarter comes out, Baltimore comes out smoking and looks like a fresh legged team, not a team that, you know, sometimes we all, any of us, we get out of our job, Glenn, after three weeks, you come back and say, damn, yep. I'm excited to be back. But I sure like that time that I slept in a little bit more. So <laughs> the question is, and 49ers are going to face it, too. I trust that both will be ready. But if you're a Texans fan, you're hoping that Baltimore comes out and doesn't get their wake-up call till about the middle of the second quarter, if you're a Texans fan. So those were the two main ones. And then it gets down to, uh, can the Texans, that run game, and that, the, the interior and exterior and the way Lamar gets to the edge and the press the digitation, play action, can you be disciplined enough to stay at home yet physical enough to be playing against the biggest bully team in the NFL in Baltimore and then hope Lamar misses an open receiver off the play action and you tackle him without letting him get in space because there's no better player, receiver, running back, corner, tight end, anybody in the league in space. If you let him get in space, I don't care who you are, he's going to destroy you. He is Sean Salisbury. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Sean, what you brought up and the, the idea of a, you know could the Ravens get off to a slow start, and I think it's a fair question. I'm in a place where, unlike in 2019, I'm not really as fearful because I don't think the Ravens are a one-dimensional team anymore. And and it's funny because Agreed. I, I, a lot of people, Sean, this week have talked about how much better the Texans are than when they played the Ravens in week one, and we all know that that's true. But I think the other side of it is being missed, which is – the Ravens are a lot better at this point than they were in week one, too. I am so enamored with the total team football that we've seen from this team. And obviously, when they're throttling, you know, your point, they've got to get back to that level after a couple of weeks off. But it, it's almost unbelievable the complete, there's, there's so few weaknesses when they are playing as well as they're capable of playing. And, you know, from the era where they had to run the ball and they had to play bully ball. Even if they fall behind a little bit, I, man, the, the way that Lamar is playing, the way that he's seeing the field, the, the way the game has slowed down for him, the decisions he's making, I'm not really even all that worried about it anymore, Sean. Yeah, I, 
I, I, Glenn, I am with you. I, I on my show, you know, I'm here in Houston. I'm, I, I picked the Ravens to win. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think they're going to curb stomp the Texans. Hell, because even if they're up eight, seventeen points late, you know, Ben Stroud's going to throw every down, and he's got a chance to get if, if you're a gambling man to backdoor cover your sure. ass, right? Sure. Because he could throw it. But you, you are 100 percent correct. This is to me, in, in the last since Lamar's been there, this may very well not may very. I think it's their best team. Yeah. I do. And I'm going to tell you why, and, and, and a lot of it's what you're saying as well. One is, first off, I, I, I get nervous waking up in the morning thinking about Queen and, and Roquan Smith, okay? And I ain't even playing in the damn game. That's the best linebacking duo in the league. Now, San Francisco may have an argument, but you, 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 that's full-grown men, and if you decide you're faint of heart, don't watch them or don't play against that group. Two, you're right there now. And when I say bully ball, I had, I had a caller call and talk about Baltimore can bully, and, and he thinks Baltimore's going to win as well. But I said, yeah, they can bully you. It's they're Muhammad Ali. But think about this now. Here's why. I'm talking about this team. Now they got to go close it out and be the world champion. But Muhammad Ali, because they can hit you in your rib cage and wear you out to the point where you can't breathe anymore and you're begging for the white towel to throw and get, I'm, I'm done. And then just when you decide, okay, I'm not going to let him throw to my gut anymore, they can hit you with that one, that one punch, the quickness, and float like a butterfly and sting like a bee and knock your ass out with that quick jab punch and you're finished this team i've said it on my show too i think they're the most difficult team to game plan now, there may be somebody with better receivers overall with the most difficult team to game plan against if you're a defensive coordinator why because they can run it down your throat power football they can run the edge with lamar's feet he can drop back and throw it play action or straight drop back and throw it and they aren't a one-dimensional team that if the bully ball goes away well, then the Ravens are going to win 16-13 or lose 16-13. No, no, no. They can beat you high scoring. They can beat you in a slug test. They can beat you dancing around the ring. I, I, putting in a game plan is maddening against Lamar and this team. And I said last spring when Todd Munkin on my show, when they hi- hired him, I said this will be one of the five best hires, hmm. player or coach, in the NFL this coming season. And I, and I don't want – it's not a pat on the back, but I believe I'm right because every, it's like Lamar is even calmer than he's been, more in control at the line of scrimmage. And he's always been a great talent and a great quarterback, but he's even elevated it more with the precise, dynamic decisions. And he's no longer, oh, one read, go, because we all lean on our crutch. When he first came in the league, the crutch is, I'm just better than all you cats, and I'm going to run away from you and make right. throws when necessary. But he can beat you from the hula hoop in the pocket. I know I'm talking about Baltimore like that, that they walk on water. Damn near times it feels like they do address in a phone booth. But I am with you. They can start off sluggish, and still they're good enough to race themselves back into it. And then all of a sudden, when if their offense has even struggled for a series or two, now you've got to go deal with the dudes on defense, right, right. which is stupid. So, you know, they're kind of like Michigan. They bully you. they got a quarterback who's versatile. I'm not comparing McCarthy to – to, to uh, right, Lamar, right. but they, their front seven's nasty. They've got some playmakers tied in on the edge. They're going to run it down your throat, even if you tell them they can't, and then they're going to play action and beat you on the perimeter. So this team now has every element, and all of a sudden, if you've got a 55-yard field goal you need kicks, they've got a Hall of Famer kicking. I mean, what, what's not to like? The staff is good. The coordinators are good. The, co- the quarterback validated all the pay with another great season. He's going to win the MVP. Hell, I, I, the, the Texans are going to have to play their best game they've played in a decade or more, and it, however long the Texans been the Texans, 
And the Baltimore Ravens, if they just do what they do, they're going to win. If the Baltimore Ravens play 80%, the Texans play 100%, we got a game. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't think the Texans have to bow down to them, but I got news for you. There's no tougher task on the planet you're going to face this year than facing the Baltimore Ravens, and I fully believe that. No, I, I think everything you said is exactly how we're feeling. And, it, you know, we can't see the future. It's football. The ball isn't round. It's going to take goofy bounces. Things can happen during a football game. But, I, Sean, it's weird. The part of me that's a fan – I've said I don't really have a lot of nerves. I don't know how the game is going to go, but I, I have such unbelievable confidence in Lamar right. Jackson right now, in the, the two coordinators. and I am, I'm so confident in them that I don't have a lot of nerves about this football game. If they can control it, I feel like they're going to be able to control it because that's right. just the – that that's the zone they were in as we watched them play football in the second half of the season. Our, our trust is the same for them. I, I'm with you. See, I also think even if they're down 17 to three, if you're a Baltimore fan, I, I'm not sure I'd be too panicked. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about if it's early in the game now, if it's in the fourth quarter, right, like, what right, the hell's going right. on? But it, it's to the point now where it's like, oh, we threw a pick and we'll, we'll be okay. It's gonna it's gonna be fine. Or we laid on the ground. I, I think actually in the game for the Texans to really either put the clamp down or have a, a legitimate shot to to win the game because if they both play their best they're going to win by double digits the ravens are it, I, I think you need like you said a punt where it's misjudged and you get a 30-yard field mm -hmm. uh, a guy breaks open and in in you know lamar breaks open and is running all of a sudden he's switching arms and you get a strip sack fumble in your own red zone and pre prevent them from scoring or get a couple red zone stops that field goals and you're fortunate you hit a big play on a screen game and go score. I'm not saying the Texans need to go into this feeling like it, it's seventh graders versus NFL players. There's some damn good players and you guys know that. Yep. Nico Collins, yep. they can play. They got a great left tackle. I mean, they're, they're damn good and their run defense is so improved, although Baltimore will test you in ways you ain't been tested this year. Both have gotten better since week one and it's not good for the Texans that the Ravens are playing at a level that's, that's like, damn. So I'm with you. My trust factor for them and they're well coached. I love John's approach to football. I just, to me, I just think you're 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 facing the gauntlet now. In the AFC, you're facing the gauntlet of quarterbacks. These next four quarterbacks are this AFC weekend: Mahomes and Allen and it's Stroud bonkers, and Jackson. Right? Good friggin' luck, bonkers. dude. You got to have you know. I need David Copperfield and Houdini at the same time to find a way to stop them. But you know, you got to go play it, and you got to play sixty of them, and you got to hope that you get a few breaks, but. I just – I don't see anybody in the AFC, and that, I'm talking Kansas City and Buffalo as well. You cannot make many – there's no perfect game play, but I'll tell you what, you've got to play about as close to it as you can and hope that somewhere along the line you get a couple short field turnovers. If Baltimore plays really good football, which I anticipate they will, out-of-body experience for the Texans is what it's going to take to go win. I want to remind everybody about what PSF's all about, man. Yeah, it's uh, we're, things are going so well. We're adding a couple new big big time players to the, and we'll announce it in the next week to the to the uh, platform. It's a fan engagement app. I'm the president of the company. It's pro sports fans go get at Twitter at pro uh, PSF underscore app and go get it on Twitter and just get a look. We have them in Baltimore. We NBA, hockey, college football next year, college basketball. Now we have our media casters from all over the country. It's the best fan engagement app there is. You can go in audio and video, real time, the gambling app, the peer-to-peer -peer part of that gambler, the button, 
we'll we'll have up in the next in here in the first quarter where you can leave the chat, come back in while you're hearing a gambling expert and make a bet and be able to come back in and still talk to the expert on the air. It's an engagement app. We've given fans a seat at the table they finally deserve and empowered them. We hear about player empowerment and all that. The fans now are empowered, and we got some phenomenal the Ravens media cast on RPSF's off the charts. We have got great talent discovering some young ones and some people who've been in it, and I'm honored to be the president of it. And you know when you're building a company, Glenn, you're, it's like, man, uh, it, it, even though you've been in the business 30 years, you're, I'm as passionate about this as anything. And I think we're a, we're a game changer because of the people and the leadership and the team, but also our great content. So go check it out and just go get the app. It's free. And tell me what you're thinking. In the next three months, the app will be about as good a sports app and sports engagement app and community app as there is in, in, in the app sports business. Uh, Sean, I'm so happy for you, man. Of course, at Sean Unfiltered, as well as how you follow him on uh, Twitter. You know how much I love you. Always appreciate you doing this, dude. And hopefully I'll be seeing you in a couple weeks in Las Vegas, all right? Yes, yes, sir. I, and it was, it, hey, if it can't be one of us, then screw them all. But yeah. at least let it be one of these things, 100%. right? So, I'm with hey, you. man, have a good be, be easy on these Texans, dude. Come on now. Hey, man, you, I, I think I, it's so funny you say I don't even have any Texans hate in my heart, Sean. I, I have not. It's, they're a good why, story. Why would you, right? Right. Yeah, like, why would you? I mean, Stroud, Stroud's easy to yep, love. D'Amico Ryan's a good dude. Yeah, they're, they're easy to like, but they realize they're easy. Arian for a battle royal, man. It'll be a it'll be a fun one to watch. I, I'm just anxious to see how they how they stand in there and take punches and deliver them because I know Baltimore can deliver them. No so doubt, we'll see. Man. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you as always. Dude. All right, brother. Love you too. Thanks, man. See you. Sean Salisbury with us here on GCR. I've said they're the best a lot this morning. Said that basically every every guest we have. This is a fun day. This is a very fun day. Catching up with friends, talking about a big game. More snow than I thought it was going to be, for the record. I agree, yeah. I, I thought... I downplayed it in my head. Yeah. Yeah, let's get out of here. All right, let's wrap <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's getting better. I don't think no, that's yeah, the case. Yeah. Uh, real quick, if you haven't gotten the print issue of Pressbox yet, go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. They have the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all, pressboxonline.com. It is our best of issues celebrating the top people uh, performances and moments of 2023. Go get it right now. Tidbit brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, you know who Miles Rice is? No. He is a guard for Washington State. Ah. Uh, and he's a, sure. he's, he's a, a basketball uh, guard? Yes. Okay. He is a he, uh he became the third player, third division 1 player in the last 20 years with 35 points. He's a freshman okay. with 35 points and 8 assists. He became the third player uh sorry, the third freshman to do that. The other two, he's in decent company <laughs> in college basketball. Any guess with 35 and 8. Come on, man. Really? Uh, freshman with 35. Anthony Davis. Not Anthony Davis. Eight assists. Eight assists. Oh, eight assists. Sorry, I thought it was eight rebounds. Uh, 35 and eight. Eight assists from a freshman. Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving. Not Kyrie. All right, you might want to zero in a little bit. Big 12 team. Big 12 team. TJ Ford. Uh, not TJ Ford. Um... 
Big 12 team. All right, is it Kansas? Uh, it was not Kansas. Is it Oklahoma? Yes, Oklahoma. Trey Young. Trey Young is on this list. And the other? Other Is it an ACC team? No, it was a Pac-12 team. Pa- another Pac-12 team. Is it Arizona? Uh, not Arizona. Is it UCLA? Not UCLA. Same state as Miles Rice. Washington? Yes, yeah, so Washington. Isaiah Thomas? Not Isaiah Thomas. Kind of a fl- little bit of an NBA bust. He's still yeah, in the Mar- NBA. Wow. Uh, yeah, Markel Fultz? Markel Fultz. Is Markel Fultz still in the NBA? Yeah. I did not realize Markel Fultz was still in the NBA. Yeah, he is uh, He is on the Magic. I did not realize yeah. that. The but Magic, by the way, the last time I looked at the roster, and this might be two years ago, had like the most interesting roster. Like, not good, but like... I know all of these guys. <laughs> like, what a fascinating roster they had put together. It was when is Mo Bamba still there? Um, I don't think Mo Bamba's still there. I, my God, I, well, I've had zero reason to think about the Orlando Magic. I would actually be fascinated. Um, they played the that. Wizards in the Wizards game I went to. So they have they have both the the, the both Wagner's uh, both Wagner's Mo, Mo okay. and Franz. Franz yeah, um, Franz is having a good year. If you say so, um, who who would know? <laughs> Mo, who I I should have known to bet everything on Mo because Mo. Oh, Palaban Caro, I did. Yes, Palaban Caro was there. Wendell Carter's there. Um, they have the uh, the Arkansas kid, Anthony Black. Oh right, yeah. Um, it's not as interesting as it was. Oh, Jalen Suggs, right? Yeah, Jalen Suggs. It's it's still interesting, but they, it's they not, don't have a star. Uh oh, what? Uh, Trevor Trevlin Queen, Maryland's own Trevlin Queen, mm-hmm. is on that roster. Maybe a two-way contract. Markel Fultz went to DeMatha. I didn't know that. Yeah, he did go to DeMatha. Yeah. Traveling Queen, though, is from, like, Anne Arundel County, isn't he? Um, He went to... Oh, he's from Baltimore. He's from... But Glen Burnie, that's where he went. Okay. Right? Or, no, he went to oh. North County. He went to North County. Guess I need to reach Is out. where he went. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he's doing... I've had him on before, but I don't know if he's doing anything. Go ahead. Um. Okay. The was other Miles, one. We're just doing Miles Rice. Well, it, 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 uh, we could we could, it could just go. It could suffice. Snow is coming down. Uh, Tyree Kill scored a long touchdown, fifty yard touch or however long yeah, that touchdown done. was. He's he out. is done. He he's is done. done. But he he's did gone. score that, and uh, he became that was his twenty eighth career touchdown of fifty yards or more. Yeah, the Can playoffs you name? don't count, right? The playoffs count, the, including playoffs. But they don't count. Well, they should. I mean, they, they happened. Thank you. Go we ahead. Watched it. 28, including playoffs. Uh, that ties him for the fifth most all-times, 50-yard uh, 50 touch- yards or more. Yeah, 50-yard touchdowns. Um, Who are the five guys ahead of him? Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. Is, is this number rushing one. or receiving? Uh, it is uh, rush or receiving, sorry. Okay. Randy Moss. Randy Moss is third. Jerry Rice has 38. Randy Moss has 32. There's a guy, guy in between. In between. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald? Not Larry Fitzgerald. Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens, not in between, but he is on the list. He is tied with Tyreek Hill. 28 touchdowns. How many am I trying to get? Uh, I need three. two more. Two more. Um, number two and number four. Receiving. Chris Carter? Not Chris Carter. Tim Brown. Not Tim Brown. Calvin Johnson. Not Calvin. K. Um, they both played. Steve Smith. Steve Smith Sr. is on the list. 29 such. He is fourth. Number two on the list. Number two. Michael Irvin. He is a former Raven. It's not Anquan Bolden. It's not Anquan. Derek Mason? Not Derek Mason. Is it 
Okay, is it Deshaun Jackson? It is Deshaun Jackson. And are you Jackson. sure it's only counting receiving touchdowns and not counting return touchdowns, too? Oh, then maybe. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it is. Ret- it is yeah, that. Like, there's no way. I, okay, I'm not going to say there's no way. It's possible Deshaun Jackson had that many 50, but I got to guess that involves return touchdowns. You can you can double check on that and see if that's the answer. All right, I will. I'm not going to be furious with okay. you, but sorry. The, the way they say they, I, I just don't. I find it very difficult to believe that Deshaun. I should have Jackson, phrased it as most. Yeah, 50 yard touchdowns by a receiver, just 50 yard touchdowns. Right, but you'd still have but to quantify that it could. In, it, yeah, it, it could include any touchdown. Yeah, it's a that's a tough. That's a tough, and I don't know that. I'm just guessing that, right? I don't know that involves return touchdowns too, but I just feel like it almost has to for Deshaun Jackson to have that number. But so you're to 60-yard touchdowns. Yeah. He has the most all-time Deshaun Jackson. Touchdowns. But again, does that count? I, th- I believe it would. Okay. Yeah. Oh, very good. Thanks. Oh, sorry. I have to finish. Sorry to steer you wrong. Yeah, you really screwed it. Everything was going so well today. Right up until that moment. We were having a great show. Stopped with the Markel Fultz. Yeah, right? <laughs> but that was that was the moment. That was our pinnacle, Mark L. Fultz. Um, Tidbit was also brought to you today by Goose Flights, which is available now at Guilford Hall Brewery, Costasin in six packs, as well as single cans available at Glory Days Grill. I was just informed yesterday that there are uh, two particular liquor stores that are about to be selling Goose Flights. I don't think I can announce that to you just yet. I think that might be a next week announcement, but there will be more locations where you can get Goose Flights and take it home. Looking forward to that. Goose Flights is very special to us. We've partnered with uh, Guilford Hall and the Saragusa family and the Goose Flights Foundation. 198 from every can sold goes to benefit Goose Flights and the work that they do providing non-emergency medical transport for those in need. It's a special can. Celebrates Tony Saragusa. It's it's a win-win-win-win. Go get Goose Flights today. And as I've told you a couple times, the initial run is only 5,000 cans. And I don't have like a counter of people telling me how many cans are left. And I know a lot of them disappeared the first night. A lot of cans that were driven down to Florida. A lot of cans that were shipped to New Jersey. Cans going everywhere. So get on it. This is not me. As I said a million times, I don't know. There might be another run. I can't promise you anything. All I know is 5,000 cans of Goose Flights, get yours. Got it? Thank you. Tubular brought to you by Superbook. Use the code Clark 23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose from Superbook. Here's the rundown for the weekend. Not much tonight. Tomorrow, Texans-Ravens, 4.30 on ABC and ESPN, followed by Project Game Day. Then the late game, Packers-49ers at 8.15 on Fox. Army-Navy women's basketball, 11 a.m. on CBS Sports Network. The men at 1.30, so that works out. You could get down to Annapolis, enjoy that game, and get home in time for the Ravens game. Uh, unfortunately, can't say the same with Morgan and Coppin. That game is at Coppin at 4 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. New Hampshire-UMBC at 1 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Loyola's at Holy Cross at 2 on ESPN+. Plus. Campbell and Towson at 4 on, I don't know if it's actually Monumental, maybe Monumental 2 um, tomorrow because they have a high school basketball tournament. That's a big deal tomorrow, too. Uh, but that's it for Maryland women, 1 o'clock at home against Illinois on Big Ten Network+. Plus um, On Sunday, CBS, Michigan State, and Maryland at noon. Another opportunity to actually watch a Maryland game before football starts. 3 o'clock on NBC, Buccaneers-Lions. And then 6.30 on CBS for Chiefs-Bills. 
everything else, including the Australian Open. Find all that rundown at glennclarkradio.com. Also, I regret the fact that I allowed you to talk about the UFC fight because Sean Strickland is truly a piece of S. Yeah, and it's about as embarrassing. Every time there's a part of me that's like, maybe I can get back into the UFC at some point. I'm then reminded, nope, nope, it's just not going to happen. What a giant piece of garbage that human is. F him. Sorry. Go ahead. Non-sports. Uh, not a whole lot. Um, uh, the season two finale of Reacher. That is uh, that huh. is really the only the yeah. only only standout. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Jacob Elordi and right. Uh, Renee, Renee Rapp. Renee Rapp, who I definitely knew was a thing I had totally heard of. And then on AMC. Does she actually, do other music or is she just singing songs from Mean Girls? Uh, I think she does other music. I believe she does. If her you own. say so. I believe she does her own. I don't, it's I original don't work. You say so. Um, True Detective on HBO, like I guess it's season four with, with Jodie Foster. Okay. Um, and then uh, there's a new show on AMC in the nine o'clock window on Sunday night, Mansoor Spade with Clive Owen. I don't know mu- too much about it, but sure. AMC, so sure they typically have good stuff on in that window. Mon- so. Like Monsignor, is that what it is? Mon- no, M M O N S I E U R. It's like French. Monsoor. He's like Monsoor. okay. Yeah, Monsieur right. Spade. It's Clive Owen. Right. He, uh, Monsieur. Monsieur. Isn't that? that, that, how you, that I think it's it? Monsieur. Yeah. I didn't take any French. I didn't either, honestly. I went to Paris a few years back, and I attempted to do like a crash course for a week, and then I gave up. <laughs> like for a week, I was like, I'm going to dive into French before I go to Paris. And then everybody told me, like, everybody in Paris speaks English. I'm like, oh, yeah, perfect. all right then. Yeah. Guess I won't worry about it. Well, it's in Although France, I was treated uh, like an ugly American the entire time I was there. Well, you, definitely, that's, that's, that's here too. I, uh, in fairness, yes. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, thanks today to Stan the Fan. Thanks to Chuck Pagano. Thanks to Lisa Salters. Thanks to Sean Salisbury. Thanks to Ryan Leaf. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Monday, e- either the best show or the worst show. I don't know. We'll see. Jeremy will be there stuffing things on Monday. Thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, AJ Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great weekend. Go local hoops teams. Go Ravens. Duke sucks.